What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another edition of NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride. NFL Reacts is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Got a lot to get to on NFL Reacts today as we do each and every week. The New England Patriots have rattled off five wins in a row. Their defense looks like it can be a legitimate problem in the AFC. Cam Newton's likely to get the start for the Panthers against the Washington football team. And the Chiefs and Cowboys has all the makings of the game of the year on Sunday. I know we're all excited for that one. So let's get right to it. I need to welcome in Kate Majuk of DK Nation, as well as Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co. And we start with this New England Patriots team against the Atlanta Falcons on Thursday night football. It was not a very fun game to watch. Um, you know, if you're a live in-game better. I would have to imagine the end of game pick sixes probably burned you in some way, or maybe it won you money. I don't really know how the in-game live betting stuff works most of the time, but it wasn't a very fun game to watch as the Patriots win 25 to nothing. Uh, Their defense is a problem. Mac Jones didn't have a great game, but still continues to be solid and do what they need him to do. They're running a game looked good. It's, not looking good for fantasy, but it was still productive in an actual NFL game. And those pick sixes were just ridiculous to end the football game. So I don't have much to take away from this game other than the Atlanta Falcons are just a bad football team and the Patriots look like they're a problem in a wide open AFC. Yeah, the Falcons are not hashtag like genuinely not good. Uh, I'm so sorry to all of our Atlanta Falcons fans here that are listening. Uh, Y'all got some problems. uh, And even like, you know, Matt Ryan's play outside. I I don't even think that uh, necessarily his decision making was a a, a terrible process because we didn't get to see him make any decisions because he was just being pulverized. That offensive line did not hold up whatsoever. Um, And that like that's really bad news because uh, if you can't establish the run, Uh, Who knew Cordero Patterson was so key to this offense? He's uh, apparently everything that the Falcons ever needed. But without Cordero Patterson, without uh, getting any breathing room up front, you have no room for Kyle Pitts to like get down the field, get open, run routes, which is what he's so good at doing. Like it's a real problem. And I think we should be very concerned about these Falcons, which is just so crazy because they were just, uh, they were just a playoff team. Like, yikes. Yeah, it's 77 Mayfield. Oh, my God. It's every week with that guy. Yeah, Matt Ryan deserves hazard pay. Um, Olison in the backfield. 
was weird. Uh, Olsen maybe was not the best running back on his own college team. And he was brought up from the practice squad this past week. And I was also just frankly surprised he's still in the league. Um, them trying to like force feed him some touches was kind of odd. Just not very good. Um, Pitts was on pace to like break a bunch of tight end records. Um, I still think he could do it by the end of the year, especially with the extra game. But yeah, this team just isn't very good. And maybe they were right about the Julio Jones trade potentially. Um, but they're just like still so capped out that like they couldn't do very many things. And it's it, is Matt Ryan going to be around long enough for another rebuild? Like you probably should have taken a quarterback instead of the tight end. And that's kind of could have taken Mac Jones down. like that. That's what is the biggest bummer here. You could have had Mac Jones and it would have been a really fun scenario to watch. I think that's like the biggest takeaway. If I'm, if I'm the Atlanta Falcons and I'm the GM sitting in the press box, I'm thinking, Oh crap watching like Mac Jones didn't even have a good game. And I still think he looked uh, just poised. And I think that his demeanor and his like presence in the pocket and just like, it, he just seems so calm. And I feel like that's what you need to bring to your franchise. If I like, if I'm the Falcons, I'm just absolutely kicking myself watching that game. And Mac Jones is the only guy that I'm really staring at because I'm just filled with regret and sadness. Yeah. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a superstar player. Like He's very good already. Yeah. But he's not a quarterback. And yeah. And that's the thing is like he can't throw himself the ball, guys. Yeah. We know Matt Ryan's on the decline and you got a lot of holes on defense along that offensive line. And all of a sudden you got a huge problem with your skill position players to where like Cordero Patterson is having the greatest resurgent 30 year old season of any player <laughs> possibly ever. And then you don't have him last night and you don't know when you're going to have Calvin Ridley back. Like if he's going to come back this season, I assume he's going to be back at some point, but you're just a bad football team and it, it's not getting better anytime soon for the Atlanta Falcons. So that's a bummer. I still think you can play Kyle Pitts because tight ends tight end and he's going to have opportunities every week and he's the best offensive weapon they have if Cordero Patterson's not in the game. So he's still going to put up numbers. He's still going to have an opportunity in uh, the tight end wasteland. And as far as the Patriots go for fantasy purposes, Damian Harris yeah. is a good running back. I I like Damian Harris. He He's a good football player. But man, Ramondre Stevenson looks like he could be a superstar if he just was a lead back and he can catch passes. He can do everything for them. So they don't need to, you know, take him off the field the way they have to take Damian Harris off the field because they're not interested in using him in the passing game at all. And Ramondre Stevenson did wind up leading this team in carries and rushing yards last night, but it was basically a three running back committee between between Stevenson Harris and Brandon Bolden, who's still in the mix there. So unless one of these guys gets injured or something like that, I think it's really hard to just put any of them in your lineup at some point. Cause they're, they're each going to have big weeks probably, but that's just the Patriots backfield that we've been fighting in fantasy for years. And I mean, like, let's, let's, you know, approach this from a DFS DFS standpoint. We are after all sponsored by DraftKings. Uh, if you're looking to get any of these guys in your lineup in any given week, obviously like they just spin a wheel before the game and that's who gets all of the fantasy points. I think that's how that works. 
so for DFS purposes, uh, you know, if you're looking to maybe get any value, just take any of these running backs, uh, whichever's cheapest, uh, who is active that week. And I feel like you could, you could have like the running back of the week and any given moment. And that could be your splash play in these GPP tournaments. I just wish they'd give my guy Ramondre the lead. He looks so good. It's all he's done is produce as a rookie. And oh, but he fumbled week one, bud. He fumbled week <laughs> Damian one. Damian Harris, still haven't forgiven him. The forever, the forever sin. The forever sin. Fumbling week one. How dare he? Yeah, but I think Damian Harris has a couple of fumbles. And Ramondre Stevenson just looks so good when he has the football. I, I just want to see more Ramondre Stevenson. But that does take us to our first NFL Reacts poll of the day. Is Mac Jones the long-term answer for the Patriots at quarterback? 52% say absolutely, 2% say no way, 46% say it's too early to tell. Well, I think I'd have to agree with the 52% saying he is their long-term quarterback for of the future, and, and he's looked really good. He's a rookie who I still think has plenty of room to improve, and I would have to imagine the Patriots are going to do a good job of that because they generally are just good at getting the most out of their players. I mean, this is like the most, it was, it was this perfect match in heaven. Uh, I think you couldn't have paired a, like a smarter quarterback with, uh, you know, a, a coach that is as able to um, execute a game plan. Like that's what makes this so brilliant. And I think that's what made Tom Brady and Bill Belichick so brilliant as you have the intelligence and decision-making at the quarterback position. And then you have a coach who can manipulate the rest of the game plan to fit with that. And I think you get that with Mac Jones. I mean, we heard this throughout the whole draft process, Mac Jones. I mean, like if you want to make excuses saying that he had all the weapons at Alabama, that's fine. But we heard nothing but incredible things about his intellect, knowledge of the game of football. I mean, we had all the warning signs that he was going to be a top quarterback, but I feel like the 49ers and uh, in, in all of these rumors about trading up to number three for him, like just, made us all uh, so overly skeptical about Mac Jones that we got a little like uh, too relaxed on Mac Jones. He's, he's a great quarterback. I'm very excited to see his future. And I do think that this kid's probably going to be a problem though. I don't think he's going to be a huge problem uh, for fantasy. I'm not, not psyched about his fantasy upside, but I mean, you've got to be really stoked to see this kid in action. If you're a Patriots fan, I think, one of the more surprising things to me, so like Mac Jones, right? That system at Alabama it was very RPO heavy, um, almost exclusively in the gun. Um, the the decision making was never an issue for him, but him getting under center and being able to do a lot of that stuff and being able to work at the line of scrimmage rather than have the play call and just execute the play call, like that's something that he wasn't asked to do at Alabama. So I didn't necessarily know he was going to be able to be able to do that, you know, week one coming into the NFL. Um, yeah. He's doing a very good job. Um, the people say no way. I mean, get real. Mac Jones is going to be at least a two contract player in, in new England, the way he's playing right now. So unless he falls off of a cliff because of like an injury or something like that, I couldn't imagine him not being the starter for like the next 10 years. Yeah, and the Patriots have won five games in a row and all of a sudden are right there with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. And a lot of that has to do 
with the play of Mac Jones and his intelligence as a quarterback and his accuracy. And I think all of that stuff is probably ahead of where we thought it would be at this point in the season. And even where the Patriots thought it would be at this point in the season, like you always assume that they're going to be, I mean, they were confident that like cam was going to be the guy. Right. I mean, remember in the summer they were like, cam's our dude, cam's our dude, cam's our dude. And then it was like week one or two of the preseason. They had Mac Jones out there. They thought that he was going to get pulled. After the half, remember, we, we talked about this on the uh, Wednesday show, I think, the NFL University when this came up. But it looked it, it was usually the time where you would pull the second quarterback. They went out there and they said, all right, no huddle time. Go drive the length of the field. We're not helping you at all. And then once he did that, it was like, oh, dude, they're they are testing him. They are testing him right now. They, they're trying to get him like battle ready for the regular season. And then obviously they make the switch at quarterback. But it, it was a you could see kind of like the, the gears moving in Bill Belichick's head uh, as it was going on in the preseason. Yeah. So the two percent who said no way, you guys are clearly just haters. Like you're, Yeah. You're, you're just hating on. I will say it's not very fun that the Boston sports fans have found another quarterback. That That's less fun. But yeah, I think that's the those are the people that voted um, are the people that are just disappointed that Boston gets another quarterback because we don't want to like Tom Brady, like he's still reigning over the NFL. I don't want to I don't want to kick off the next Patriots dynasty already. I was expecting more than one year's downtime from the Patriots dynasty, but whatever. It's Bill Belichick. And you got to, you got to just like appreciate they're playing just good football. Um, you know, it's not like high powered offense. It's not, you know, they just, they're solid in all phases of the game. And I think you got to be just so excited if you're a Patriots fan, but yeah, the, the couple of folks out there that said no to Mac Jones, you are a Mac Jones hater and, uh, you will, you will feel the rank and stra- uh, wrath of macaroni and Jones. Uh, like just get, get out of here. I, I like, I, I am not even sensical right now. Yeah. Coming off of a cold, my brain's not working and I cannot deal with the fact that not everybody is completely obsessed with Mac Jones. That's, that's where I'm going. It, it is unfair that the Patriots only had to have one bad year before they're already like it's looking rude. like a playoff team again. But I, I guess that's just how it goes for Bill Belichick. You mentioned Cam Newton, and we got to get into our guy Cam, who is back, who is expected to start this weekend for the Washington football team. Uh, head coach Matt Rule said this week that, you know, PJ Walker might still be involved depending on how they feel like Cam is progressing throughout the week. But all signs are pointing to Cam Newton being the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. And I am very excited for this. It was cool to see him back in the game and scoring touchdowns. And I'm interested in seeing how he looks as a passer. He didn't really get a chance to do that much. They were just using him in goal line packages last week. But I'm excited to see Cam Newton in this offense. And maybe the Panthers offense will actually show some signs of life with Cam Newton as opposed to my guy, Sam Darnold, who just totally tanked the offensive value and fantasy value of these Carolina Panthers weapons. So I'm really juiced for Cam Newton's start this weekend. I'm so juiced for Cam Newton. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. Just as a preview, uh, don't forget to check out our pick three segment where we pick uh, a quarterback, running back and wide receiver 
uh, for your DraftKings lineups this week, Justice, you'll you'll pick your bets. Obviously, one of them has to be, uh, a, you know, a bet on the Panthers because, like, how exciting is this narrative? I love the vibes that Cam Newton is giving off right now. Like, um, I I have been a notorious Cam Newton hater for like ever, and I don't I don't know what's happened over the last couple of years. He's simmered out a little bit. I think he ate his humble pie. But now, like now that he's eaten the humble pie, he's he's full, he's digested, he's satisfied, and now he's ready to just come out and be like, "I'm back." I I just love the potential here. I mean, guys, he was the quarterback 16 last year in fantasy football, in like what was the worst season ever. He threw uh, he threw a passing touchdown on 2.2 percent of his pass attempts. That is very bad, and he was still the quarterback 16, guys. Cam Newton's a quarterback one the rest of the season and it all kicks off this year, this week. It's going to be good. Yeah. I think once you give Cam that much money, you're like, Hey, white flag on Darnold. Like he might not even be QB two moving forward because they have to deal with that, that uh, fifth year option with him too. So if $20 he million up, dollars, guys, he's going to be uh, like sitting at home. Like imagine if you're making $20 million at home on the couch, that would be amazing. You obviously have to keep him around just because, but like, God, what a gig Darnold pulled out. I, you got to admire him for that, if nothing else. Yeah, I think Sam Darnold's time is done. And, and that can lead us into our next NFL Reacts poll. Should Cam Sounds Newton so be sad. the Panthers starter for the rest of the season? 78% say yes. 22% say no. I don't know what the 22% is looking forward to. The real big Sam Darnold supporters or something cam newton gives this offense the best chance uh, of like being relevant and taking advantage of christian mccaffrey and dj Moore. and you know and I, i'm saying this without even knowing like where cam newton's at as a passer right now i just know how bad sam darnold was before he got injured and then cam's got to be better than what sam was doing out there we know he can't be much worse than he was last year but like i mean it it, let's look. I, I'm going to get into it later again, but I mean, the the upgrade at weapons, the upgrade uh, just across the board, like this is a better offense. Cam Newton, if he's healthy, and I think that's going to be the key is like, I don't, I, Steven, I'm kind of suspicious about the poll results. Did you sneak in here and put the votes for uh, no, because you want to see the Sam Darnold <laughs> resurgence? Like, I'm suspicious because I don't think there's anybody else in the world that could be possibly thinking, uh, you know, that Sam Darnold might uh, might actually make a resurgence or maybe we have some really big PJ Walker fans. But I don't know, Stephen, this is sus. And I I'm I, I'm not I'll the only it. Sam Darnold guy out there. There's a Sam Darnold hive. It's small. But there's supporters out there who still want to see Sam get a it's all the USC fans with the like <laughs> V emoji. Uh <laughs> In their in their bio and stuff, yeah. Uh, no, nah, Sam Sam's done. It's it's yeah. fine. We saw enough of him. We saw he's, him with two different teams. It's over. He's a backup QB now. Like a after this, he he's gonna be a backup quarterback for somebody. Like he's gonna be Mitch Trubisky. Like, and Aww. I'm not convinced that I, I Mitch might be a better backup quarterback than Sam Darnold. Really, um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah, it just hasn't worked out. Uh, poor Sam. Is there any worry with Christian McCaffrey? Uh, you know, he's back, looks healthy, 
stepping into his full workload role and Cam Newton, we know the way they're going to utilize him at the goal line. I wouldn't really be worried because I think this offense is Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore. And so I wouldn't be super worried about it. But would you be worried at all about like goal line carries and stuff like that with Cam Newton under center as opposed to Sam Darnold when it comes to CMC? I mean, I think it, like you're you're definitely going to get Cam involved in the red zone. But I mean, Cam's played with Christian McCaffrey before. Um, like we've we've seen this dance already. Uh, and I, I don't think that that necessarily, you know, obviously you want as many opportunities in the red zone as possible, but um, I, I think a better quarterback under center, a dual threat quarterback, if anything could just open up more of those lanes for Christian McCaffrey, when he does get those touches, I don't think Cam's a bad thing uh, whatsoever. Even if uh, maybe that does uh, take a couple of those touches away. I feel like we have to worry about Chuba Hubbard, the darn vulture uh taking some of those snaps like I Chuba Hubbard get out of here I want CMC to get all my touches um but I don't know maybe we just need to go with the the Cam Newton Christian McCaffrey stack rest of season yeah uh yeah I think I think we'll be fine there uh I'm not too worried about it but I wanted to get your guys take on it we do have to get to the game of the year the game that I have been hyping up all week all season really I have been waiting for this contest between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium. It could not have come at a better time for the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> after dropping 41 points against the Las Vegas Raiders. Narrative shift. Chiefs offense is back, baby. Cowboys come into town. Cowboys pass rush is super banged up. Patrick Mahomes is ready to prove that the Chiefs are still Super Bowl contenders. The narratives around this game are awesome. I'm really excited about that. But what I'm really most excited about this game is that it legitimately has 2018 Chiefs Rams shootout potential, in my opinion. Now, it might not hit that 105 point mark like that game did, but that's one of the best NFL football games that I've ever watched in my life. That's exactly what I want from this game. Like, I, I want the defense to just be like, we're not even going to play. Like, we're not even going to try. <laughs> Let's just score a million points and see who gets the ball at the end of the game. Cause that's probably who's going to win this one. So like pretty much everybody's in play in this game for me. Cause I, I, I want as much action in this game as I can possibly get in all of my lineups this week. Oh, for like the showdown, if you're doing a showdown contest with this particular game, um, God, it, the, the possibilities are pretty much limit limitless uh, on this end. I'm very excited for the game. I don't know if I'm buying that uh, it could possibly live up to the Rams Chiefs game uh, of yesteryear, but it, it, this has all of the makings for uh, a beautiful, beautiful shootout. But you know what? Like every time we project the shootout, it doesn't happen. Is there any concern that we might be jinxing ourselves here? What if these teams come out flat? Because this is like the game of the year. You said you've been hyping it up all, on the schedule all season. God, what if we're disappointed? I I don't know what what to like what what I would make it's of that. Like, like it's like twenty one to seventeen or something. Yes, <laughs> that would be disgusting. Yeah, I'd be pretty bummed if that's the case. My my biggest worry for the if if I'm a Cowboys fan, right? And we talked about this on the Wednesday show. The Raiders went out there. They played single high defense, which is very clearly not how you play Patrick Mahomes if you want to slow him down in any sort of way. It's a big Seahawks tree thing. And now we got Dan Quinn. 
coming from the Seahawks tree. And I understand he's done uh, different stuff with Dallas, but he still leans into single high stuff a little bit more than the rest of the teams. They might get lit up if they they, uh, run that Raiders game plan, and hopefully they're studying that game more than any other game this season because they they shouldn't be running that. Um, I do kind of think Dallas still probably is the better team, but there is definitely shootout potential here, uh, depending on how Dan Quinn wants to play this one out. Yeah, I I think that Dallas is the better team. Like when you look at their offense, it's just top to bottom better than the Chiefs. Like like skill wise, talent wise, right now, in my opinion, like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, both incredible. Chiefs might have Clyde Edwards-Alaire back in this game. There's a possibility he could be available. We'll find out more about that later today. But if not, it's going to be Daryl Williams again. But after that, it's a bunch of question marks for the Chiefs pass catchers. And Dallas, it's Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. Cedric Wilson has even been good this year when he's got an opportunity. Dalton Schultz and then Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Like That offense is absolutely loaded. And the Chiefs defense has been playing a lot better recently. I think where they're at right now is closer to what I thought they could be than where they were at the beginning of the season. Like I didn't come into the season saying this chiefs defense is going to be the worst defense in the history of football. I think this is more who they are right now, but I don't think they can stop this offense. Like I don't, I don't think that they're going to give this offense problems because Dak is playing at the best he's ever played in his career right now. And that's why he's garnering MVP buzz. And so I don't think there's a chance we get let down in this one. I'm putting it out there. It is going to be that type of game. There's going to be points everywhere. It's going to be incredible. I think it's going to come down to like a field goal or something like that. But yeah, I'm trying to get as many pieces of this action as I can. Well, what's surprising for me, looking at the over-under over on DraftKings Sportsbook, it's set at 56.5 points. So it's only one of two games on the week that are projected for more than 50 points. The other one's Bengals Raiders. I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit here, but I'm kind of surprised because we did get opening lines for week 12 and the open or the over under for chiefs Cowboys is actually quite close to the over under for Raiders Cowboys, uh, which that over under for the Thanksgiving game is set at 54 and a half points. Um, I feel like if you're a believer in the the Raiders Cowboys over 54 and a half, you have to be like smash, triple smash, quadruple smash, mega smash this chiefs over under, right? Like you got to smash the over. Yeah. I don't even know what the chiefs can do. Defend, like what's the plan? Spagnolo just like blitz. And you're like, Hey, I hope we hit people enough where it matters in the fourth quarter. And we're going to let up some points in the first three quarters. Like, uh, I don't understand how they're going to be able to stop these guys. Yeah. Spags is not an adjuster. So he's going to try to blitz Dak and Dak is absolutely going to crush him for it. So, I'm not worried about the point total in this game. I I think that we will be absolutely satisfied with the performance from each team. That leads us to our next NFL reacts poll. Which Super Bowl matchup would you like to see the most? The Buffalo Bills and Arizona Cardinals are leading the way with 23%. Bills Packers at 14%. Titans Cardinals at 13%. Chiefs Packers at 11%. Bills Cowboys at 10%. Chiefs Cardinals at 8%. 
Titans Packers at 7%. That's a lot of teams. Chiefs and Cowboys at 6%. And the Titans and Cowboys at 5%. I'm a little shocked that the Bills and Cardinals are, are leading the way here. Now, I know they've been two of the best teams in football all year. But just in terms of narrative, fan base, hype, like that matchup doesn't do it for me all that much. I'm actually more surprised that we don't have uh, the game of the week this week as the leading uh, Super Bowl matchup this week, like the Cowboys and Chiefs. How is that not the dream matchup for 2020, uh, 2021 Super Bowl? I, I don't I can't imagine uh, any game being better than that, especially when we're in the regular season and we're so hyped as we are for this matchup. I mean, you've got to that's got to be the game, right? Like that's got to be the game. And if we got. Uh, if we got to see this game here in the regular season and then we got a Super Bowl rematch, that would be like some of the best football that I can possibly ever imagine. Yeah, I kind of think Bill's so Bill's Cardinals leads away by like 10 percent over everyone else. But I kind of think both of those teams are overrated, like Arizona. Yes. Kyler, sure. Ky, look, we do this every year with Kyler. He looks like an MVP candidate for two months, and then he gets banged up. He's not a very big dude. It happens. Um, and then Buffalo is kind of they they're in almost they're in eleven personnel almost exclusively. Dawson Knox is their tight end. He's essentially a receiver. They can't run the ball. I I don't. I don't they're not don't even trying to run the ball. Like not no. even trying. That, that's what I'm saying. Like they're gonna have to get through like winter football games through a playoff schedule plus. They still got to play the Pats twice. The Pats are only one. I, I think the Pats now technically have more wins than the Bills. They just have yeah. an extra loss. So, like, I don't even think there's a promise that the Bills are going to win the East. So, I don't know. I don't buy it. Well, they, like, right to me. We've seen these teams, like, uh, interestingly, both of these teams falter against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, uh, the Cardinals uh, played them earlier in the season, did come out with the win, but – they they allowed the Jaguars to catch some footing on them, and it like and this I, the Jaguars have been this bad all season long, and both of these teams showed that falter. And I don't know whether or not that's like maybe a you get too relaxed in your game plan, uh, and then you need to you know play catch up, make some adjustments towards the end to to rectify the mess you've made. But I mean, like that's a pretty big uh, uh, fault for me. I'm not like. I, I don't know. I, I think uh, you need to be making a bigger statement game like that when you're going up against uh, a team like Jacksonville, though. Apparently, Urban Myers uh, got that scrappiness in him that's going to carry them to, you know, a, a solid, solid record of like point one point uh, one win record, you know, something like that. Yeah, Urban's <laughs> a grinder. It does feel like the Jags all of a sudden are like buying into Urban Meyer. That is not something I could have predicted in the first month of the season. Um, yeah, Chiefs Cowboys Super Bowl would be awesome. Chiefs Packers Super Bowl would be awesome. Maybe we'd actually get to see Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes play. Those were the Super Bowls that I would want to see because they have the biggest shootout potential. So I don't know what we're doing with the Bills and Cardinals. That sounds like an awful Super Bowl. But Kate, you mentioned the Bengals and the Raiders, and I want to get to this before we take a quick break. If there's a chance that this game does wind up being a letdown between the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I think quietly the Cincinnati Bengals and Raiders like has a chance to be a fun football game. 
that's got quiet shootout potential. And we're kind of sleeping on it because of the high profile matchup at the same time between the Chiefs and the Cowboys. I, I really like this game. Jamar Chase defenses have been keying in on him more and they absolutely should because he was torching everybody for the first few weeks of the season. And T Higgins has come back and he's gotten a lot of targets. But when this Cincinnati offense clicks, they can put up points. And we've seen them do that this year. And the Raiders really need a win and they really need a bounce back game. And this is a favorable matchup against uh Bengals defense that you can kind of beat. Like, I think this is like discount Chiefs Cowboys game between the <laughs> Raiders and the Bengals. Uh, I think that's a good way to put it. I mean, Joe Burrow, like I, I think that the bulk of the points here are going to come from the Bengals. I, Joe Burrow is just playing incredibly well right now, uh, just across the board in terms of all like starting NFL quarterbacks. Joe Burrow ranks second in yards per pass attempt, uh, ranks top five uh, in passing touchdowns, has as many passing touchdowns as Dak Prescott, though. Yes, he does have a few more interceptions, um, but percent like completion percentage, everything across the board, uh, just shows you that Joe Burrow has taken a step forward this year as the NFL quarterback. And I mean, the Raiders are just a disaster. Like there's no other way to put it. We've covered this. Uh, I don't know how many times the Raiders are a disaster, but um, like they don't have the the defensive weapons there to slow them down. I do think the Bengals defense is better than we give them credit for They're coming off a of bye. So I like I think this is going to be fun. Uh, Joe Mixon should have a nice game. All of these receivers, um, I'm I'm very excited to to watch this and and see what what kind of scoring we might get out of it. Yeah, I worry about the Raiders defense a lot. Uh, obviously, offensively, they've definitely been in a funk. Um, Deshaun Jackson coming in and having the massive brain fart uh, didn't didn't help them out. But the Raiders defense, if they're just going to go out there and run stock coverages. Joe Burrow is smart enough at the line of scrimmage where they're just going to get into empty and he's just going to carve them up. So hopefully uh, the Raiders change a little something up just so that this game is competitive, but we'll see. I mean, Gus Bradley is just, he's Gus Bradley. Like no one expects Gus Bradley to change. He is who he is. The Gus bus. Yeah. Always out of gas. Oh no. Yeah. I I bought (laughs) it. I made the mistake of buying into the Raiders and then that Kansas City Chiefs game, I was like, ah, oh, the well, fe- the Gus feelings are coming back. There's They're not good in in the Chiefs game. Like, there's a very realistic chance that that game turns out very differently if that Deshaun Jackson play does not happen because the game flow when that play came about was like yeah. Raiders were were coming back to make it like a one possession game and and they were moving the ball early against the chiefs. And then that play happened and it like, it totally shifted the entire game. So Deshaun Jackson just run into the end zone next time. But I mean, we're <laughs> 15 years into this thing and you're not going to do it. So that, that was definitely a game changing play, but I, I think the Raiders are due for a bounce back offensively a little bit here, but let's take a quick timeout right now coming up next on NFL reacts. Going to discuss how the Bears could possibly utilize Justin Fields coming out of their bye week. Also, A.J. Dillon is in a possible smash spot against the Minnesota Vikings. And we'll wrap things up with our pick three. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Y'all about to get ready to roll, man. And y'all put the kids to bed. I'm getting one more. Over. Under. I'm betting on myself. Across the board. Welcome back into NFL Reacts. I'm Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride, joined as always by Justice Mosqueda of Acme Packing Co., as well as Kate Majuk of DK Nation. We didn't get to talk about the Chicago Bears last week because they were on a bye, but Justin Fields making his return this week, and they've had some time to sit down and figure out how to utilize our guy. He's coming off his two best performances of the season as a rookie quarterback. And I have to imagine that the bears are like, okay, so he's really good at throwing the football down the field. He's also really fast and he can run and make plays with his legs. So maybe we spend some time over the by installing some stuff that really complement that portion of his game. And I still don't think you can play Allen Robinson by any means based on what he's done this season, but I'm really hoping we see a, a better utilization of Justin Fields in the back half of the season for the Chicago Bears to the point where like you could put him in your fantasy lineups and be confident about it because Justin Fields should be a fantasy producer and the Bears need to do whatever they can to get him going because he's the future of the franchise. Yeah, Justin Fields should be in a like a pretty decent spot here. Um, like I don't want to overestimate the abilities of Matt Nagy here by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, like Justin Fields total uh, total offensive yards prop right now over on DraftKings Sportsbook is set at 250.5 yards. uh, And we know what he can do with his legs already. He's already had a hundred yard rushing season or rushing game this season. Uh, I like, I'll take the over there and, and hope that God, you got to figure something out. But I do think part of that is going to be getting Allen Robinson involved not a like not a single catch like you need to be getting this guy involved you signed his franchise tender uh you you clearly like weren't willing to let this guy walk 
Um, why aren't you throwing him the ball? Because we have seen, I, I mean, Mitch Trubisky could uh, get this guy the ball. So what is going on? You need to be, I think, manufacturing touches for Allen Robinson. And I think if you kind of like force that situation a little bit, you're going to get, you know, a better passer out of Justin Fields too. So it's just like this whole, the whole shlebang, like, no, thank you. I, God, it, they, they need to come out of this and they need to make a statement with their quarterback. Cause I mean, God, you, you got to steal there at what number 11, use him, use, use your, use your guy, use the guy that uh, can make your, your rookie quarterback better and Allen Robinson and you could have a formula for a really fun, interesting game between two very mobile quarterbacks. The the one thing that the Bears stress me out about is that they basically don't pass the ball when they don't need to pass the ball, right? They, I, I think that at this point in the season, there's still fewest pass attempts uh, per game. Um, that's a real tough spot to put Justin Fields in also. Um, in that, like, yeah, the run game to a certain extent does protect the quarterback, but there are also a lot of times where the first time Justin Fields is touching the ball um, and as a passer is on third down, and I don't think that's a, a winning uh, game plan either. So I would say, you know, if, if <laughs> hopefully they come out of the bye and their approach is, hey, early down passing, like we just have to do it, and we have to get a couple singles every once in a while. Um, we can't run the ball every first down. We can't run the ball every, you know, second and neutral situation. And hopefully that does get Allen Robinson the ball. But I think it would help and and put Justin Fields in a better situation too. Yeah, they're going to be a run first offense, which is fine if you're a David Montgomery owner. But the Ravens defense, which has been down this year, has been much better at slowing rushing attacks than passing attacks. They can't. They can't cover anyone. It's yeah. Marlon Humphrey, and Marlon Humphrey. Even then, it's like half the t- half half of the splash plays are against him. Half, half of the splash plays are for him. So, yeah, eat up that that uh, Ravens secondary. Tua was able to do it, banged up off of the bench with no practice on a short week. Please yeah. throw the ball against this team. Please. Yeah. You had two weeks to prepare for this matchup. The game script should be, okay, let's finally throw. Let's get these wide receivers involved. Let's get Justin Fields more confident throwing the football. That's what we need to see, Chicago. So let's make that happen. Uh, Packers running back Aaron Jones did suffer an injury last week. He's likely going to be out for uh, a little bit of time here, and that means A.J. Dillon is stepping into the lead back role. A.J. Dillon's a big boy. And this is a good spot for him. Um, he, he's going to be affordable, and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in our pick three. But A.J. Dillon's a guy that I think has like top 10 running back upside this week and, and moving forward until Aaron Jones comes back for the Packers. It's really hard to argue with those tree trunks of thighs. Um, and you know what I think is like super encouraging, too, is the fact that we've seen A.J. Dillon, though his his profile is not – a receiving running back. We've seen a willingness to get him targets, even when uh, Aaron Jones is in the game. Um, You know, obviously coming off a pretty inefficient week last week, though he did have, um, you know, some, some touchdowns. Like it, it, I think there's a lot of potential here uh, for him to touch the ball 25 times. It's, it's hard to argue with, you know, the value of that in, in any point. I am very excited to hear, where you might be squeezing him into our uh, our discussion here in a little bit. 
Yeah, so like the the interesting thing, so you mentioned the touchdowns. A.J. Dillon had two touchdowns, first touchdowns um, since that Tennessee game where he kind of broke out last season uh, in, in the snow. It does kind of seem like the plan, if he is the lead back, is to kind of ride him near the goal line. And I think it does make a lot of sense because Aaron Jones is so athletic laterally that they try to like use lateral stretch to kind of you know, make teams cover 53 and a third laterally, whereas like A.J. Dillon's in. Um, he he has contributed as a pass catcher. He's mossed people. It's amazing to see. Um, they, they talk about him as, how, you know, how he's improved as a pass catcher over the last year and a half, but he doesn't have the same type of lateral speed. So I would assume, you know, running him up the middle is kind of more of the plan. The, the other thing, too, is Green Bay's kind of been a running back by committee uh, type of situation up to this point. Their running back three is also out. Kylan Hill, rookie, uh, was a kick returner. He's put on IR for a, for a knee injury that he had on kickoff a couple weeks ago. So they have to bring up Patrick Taylor from the practice squad just to play in the last game. And now their running back three is probably going to be Ryquel Armstead, who's going to be brought up from the practice squad on like Saturday. So their running backs uh, had, hadn't played for him until this past weekend um, outside of A.J. Dillon. I think they're going to ride him. Also, he's uh, nicknamed his quads, uh, Quadzilla and the Quad Father. So, <laughs> something to root for. Yeah, I think he's going to be really fun to watch. Uh, I mean, anytime you just get to see one of these backs, like AJ Dillon, like I said, he's not the the receiving like that prototypical receiving back that we see in today's NFL. He's just a grinder, um, and I'm very excited to see what he can do because he's he's a guy that's going to wear down opposing defenses. As the game goes on, I think he's going to break off a couple of really nice runs. He's bigger than most NFL linebackers at this point, like the way that the NFL is structured now. And you could see it. And he's like hitting DB, like short yardage situations. They'll bring down like a strong safety. And he's like, no, I'm going to spin move this guy. Like <laughs> this guy can't get me on the ground. It's He's he's a fun guy to watch. He's a very like kind of throwback-y uh, type running back. And unless you have a guy like, I mean, Derrick Henry's hurt, but unless you have like that type of body there in practice, like it's going to be hard to simulate that. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get in the game. Yeah. You're not going to be ready for like a quarter. It's going to be a quarter of it. And then you're going to be like, all right, this is what I have to do to bring AJ Dillon to the ground. The Cleveland Browns in desperate need of a win. Take on the red hot Detroit Lions coming off of our our first tie of the season. I I think that's as hot as the Detroit Lions are going to get this year so coming off that tie against the pittsburgh steelers there's a chance jared goff does not go in this game so backup tim boyle i think is his first name is going to laser show baby yeah can get the start for the detroit lions nick chubb has been cleared to return off the covid list so he's gonna be absolute uh plug and play guy this week against one of the worst run defenses in the nfl But what I want to talk about is Dearness Johnson, who filling in for Nick Chubb in two games this season has been absolutely fantastic in a game that should be a blowout, right? Against the Detroit Lions, one of the worst run defenses in football. I still think you can put Dearness Johnson into your lineup with some value. You just got to hope that he finds the end zone because he's not going to take that many carries away from Nick Chubb. Uh, Steven, I need you to stop sneaking ahead in the show sheet. Uh, and hinting towards my pick three picks. I feel like we just designed this whole show around my pick three segment. So guys like buckle up, you're in for a ride, but uh, hint 
Spoiler alert, Dearness Johnson will be in many of my DraftKings lineups this weekend. Uh, and I will continue to harp on that. But God, like this is the perfect game script for the Browns. Like, uh, and maybe this is an opportunity. Like uh, Baker Mayfield comes out. He says he's never been more banged up in his entire career. And I believe it. Um, just absolutely brutal with the shoulder, knee, like everything hurts. Uh, I have to imagine kind of like how I feel getting out of bed in the morning, only, uh, you know, he actually takes NFL caliber hits. Um, but like Baker Mayfield, I think this could be a, a nice opportunity just to run the ball like 40 times, you know, eliminate some of that, those hits on Baker Mayfield, uh, and just not, not go into coasting mode, but, uh, just run that clock out and survive another week. Yeah. And I, Dearness Johnson's proven enough to say he's an NFL back at this point. And at, how, how many carries do you need to get Nick Chubb once you're up like two touchdowns on the uh, Detroit Lions? At one point, are you like, no, you know what? We're, we're saving your legs. You're just coming off an injury. Like you, you don't need to be taking these hits. Dearness Johnson, get out there. Go, go show uh, teams why they should pay you this offseason. And before we get to the pick three, I do want to mention that the Arizona Cardinals just announced that DeAndre Hopkins is not going to play this week against the Seattle Seahawks. It does sound like Kyler Murray's got an opportunity to go here after missing the last two games. So obviously, if Kyler's good to go, you got to put him in your lineup. But I really want to take a look at the Seattle Seahawks because – Russell Wilson was straight up bad last week in his return from that finger injury. Uh, the Seahawks mentioned that they had to kind of build the play calling around what he could do because he couldn't take snaps under center because his finger was still bothering him. And Russell just did not look good. So apparently those shadow two minute drills that he was doing while he was injured <laughs> did absolutely nothing for his game. I still think that you got to, put Russell Wilson in and, and hope that that was just, you know, the first time he's missed a significant amount of time in his career. It's a little rusty and he's going to bounce back in a game where Seattle's got to put up points and I, their season's already kind of in the tank, but if they lose this game, it, it's basically over for Seattle in all likelihood. Yeah, this is going to be like, this is a must win situation. I think this is like a much needed statement game for this offense, especially with the fact that like, uh, you haven't had your run game, and that's obviously the only thing in the entire world that Pete Carroll cares about other than his pack of chewing gum. Um, like, if you don't have that run game with Chris Carson and you're not able to establish there, you need to make it a point. You have two of the best wide receivers in the NFL uh, and one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. This is your time to go out and, and showcase that to NFL defenses because, I mean, to this point, I, they just uh, – can't do that on a consistent basis and uh, got to get the ball back in Russell Wilson's hands. Hopefully his freshly healed hands, and maybe he's gotten a little more rep uh, rest from all those mental reps that he's been taking. I think he just needed a break. He, he is like pretty clearly banged up. And one of the things in the green Bay game against Seattle was they realized one, he couldn't go under center, which was a pretty big deal. Two, when they were trying their play action shots, they would go in the pistol, which is like kind of their middle way of like, hey, Russ can't go under center with that finger right now, but we'll go in the pistol so that we can actually boot. The Packers linebackers are not biting on the boot at all. Like they knew like you're not even trying to run right now. Like you're just trying to play action us. We're going to sit back. And then 
Russ at the same time, well, one, they're playing the pass, which is always tough off of play action because it's such a late developing play. Two, Russ was trying to feed the wide receivers and he just wasn't able to get them the damn ball. Like all his best plays were to the flat, you know, short little dink and dunk passes. He threw what was it like two two interceptions into the end zone, and he probably could have thrown a third to Amos that he ended up dropping. So I don't I don't know. Russ doesn't look healthy. He looked like he rushed it um back to the field. And then did you guys see the Geno Smith tweet that Geno uh eventually deleted where he was like No? Oh, he was like Spill the tea. I, I can't remember what it was, but it was it was something along the line of like, I want to vent, but I can't. Oh no! <laughs> so yeah, what, it seems like think it's his team now. It's got a I couple guess of starts. They asked DK why he why he fought people <laughs> on the field, got ejected, and tried to come back onto the field after the uh, referees announced like, "Hey, DK Metcalf is very much ejected." They talked to him after the game in the press conference, and uh, his answer was, "I'm tired of losing. Why'd you fight him?" I'm tired of losing. Oh, DK. I think Russell needs a change of scenery. <laughs> Let's get him out of I think the Seahawks might be like, yeah, Russell needs a change of scenery. So, very odd situation. I don't know. Uh, Ooh, that I really wish I didn't miss out on that Geno Smith tweet, but like, Geno. I'll pull it up. Geno. <laughs> like, Geno DK Metcalf for like 180 yard touchdown. And all of a sudden, Geno thinks he owns the Seattle Seahawks. Gino who does he, who does he think he is? Like, Russell Wilson? Like, come on. It's Geno Smith time, says Geno Smith. It's <laughs> like, yes, that's exactly who he's been, who he always has been. I love him for it. <laughs> he said, I want to vent, but I know it ain't safe. Dot, dot, dot. No, it ain't safe, Gino. Yeah, no. you're you're a backup quarterback, Gino. <laughs> Do you should know this even... by now? Oh my gosh! Like uh, the, it's one bad game. Like we know you cannot be telling. Like obviously, Russell Wilson doesn't look healthy, and uh, he it, it was his first game returning. But wow, are we really that ready to throw in the towel on Russell Wilson? Because if that's the case, I mean, I feel like Pete Carroll's been trying to throw in the towel on Russell Wilson for like a long time, but. Um, we can't give up on, on him as fans and Gino go home, uh, or uh, do the tablet thing on the sideline. Uh, I think he has like the Twitter app maybe up on his little tablet there. He wants us to think he's reviewing plays, but he's like, I want to vent, but I can't, uh, lots of, well, what a mess. Seattle Seahawks. Come on. Uh, you're a better team than that. I used to think. I mean, Pete might want to get Russell Wilson out of there because then he can just run the ball. And No, I want to get Pete it. out of there. Get Pete out. <laughs> I, I agree, but Pete's not going anywhere. There's a uh, gum shortage in Seattle, and it's urgent. <laughs> All right, let's get to our pick three. Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pick three is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That's code SBNNFL only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. As a reminder, we do this each and every week. We pick one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver to get you set up in your DraftKings lineups. Try to pick the best value to make sure you can maximize your points, and then Justice will give you his three favorite bets from the DraftKings Sportsbook. Kate, start us off with your pick three quarterback. I've been teasing it all show. Uh, My pick three quarterback is Cam Newton coming in at $5,100 this week. 
what in the world? Uh, we just got the official announcement that yes, Ron, uh, Ron, uh, he will be starting off against former coach Ron Rivera. Uh, I like, we obviously don't have a very large sample size, but in just nine offensive snaps last week was able to score more than uh, most quarterbacks that were actually starting like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, all of these names. Um, I love the value at $5,100. I think that gives you so much uh, cap space to play around with in your style and your lineups. And um, I mean, last year, looking at what he was throwing to, uh, I say what he was throwing to, I should say who, but uh, Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, uh, Nikhil Harry, Ryan Izzo. Come on, guys. Like, you cannot be willing to throw in the towel on Cam Newton. He gets an upgrade. He gets Cam or Christian McCaffrey back. Uh, he gets DJ Moore. Now he gets Robbie Anderson to stretch the field. Uh, and it's a statement game for him. Cam's got a swagger back. Smash at $5,100. Yeah, we're all very excited for that Cam Newton game, I think. Uh, my quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. Comes in at $6,700, and he's got a fantastic matchup against the Houston Texans. Uh, the Titans offense has struggled a bit and struggled a bit last week in a win over the Saints. But they're looking to bounce back. A.J. Brown's coming off one of his worst games of the season, and this is an opportunity for the Titans to really get the passing game going with their uh, new Derrick Henry list running back by committee approach. So I love Ryan Tannehill. Uh, just please feed AJ Brown. I, I think it's a fantastic spot uh, for them to get that passing game going. Your pick three running back, Kate. All right. I teased this again earlier. Dearness Johnson coming out $5,600. Uh, we have Nick Chubb officially removed from the COVID-19 list. So uh, he's going to be good to go, but there's a couple of things that I love about this. First of all, it's the matchup. I think they're going to have plenty of room uh, to run the ball this week. I love the salary at $5,600. But situationally, I think they could be in a really nice spot to just use uh, Dearness Johnson to ease back uh, into this mix with Nick Nick Chubb. Obviously, uh, COVID-19 is a respiratory illness. Um, you know, he's been cleared, so we have to assume that he's feeling much better. But uh Maybe we're not in a point where he's going to get uh, 20 something carries this week coming off of COVID-19. I, like, I think situationally, the opportunity could be here for him to have a big day. And he doesn't even need a ton of carries to do it because he's an efficient running back and an efficient rushing offense. I love the opportunity here. By running back this week, we already talked about him and his very oversized quads, A.J. Dillon. <laughs> It's going to be a very popular play this week with Aaron Jones on the shelf. Uh, Dylan saw over 20 touches last week, found the end zone twice. He's a lock for me at $6,200 in a favorable matchup against a Vikings defense that's been more up than down this year. Your wide receiver, Kate. All right, this is this one's going to be gross, guys, uh, but I'm going to rip off the Band-Aid. Don't judge me. It's Jamal Agnew at $4,700 this week. Um, obviously like we, we know him as a returner, uh, but he's been pretty much utilized in the way that we all hoped we would see LaVisca Chenault get involved. He's had at least five targets in each of the last four games. Uh, so you love that last week, saw a season high, three rushing attempts, broke one of those off for a nice touchdown. And he had himself a day, I think, uh, between what he did in the kick return game last week. Um, they're just, they're going to want him to touch the ball. And clearly they do want him to touch the ball. I like this value and I like the, the versatility there. Cause you have a number of ways uh, that you have a chance for him to break off a big play 
whether that be a rushing attempt, whether that be a catch, or whether or not that may be a kick return touchdown, whatever. He's touching the ball, and I love it. Jamal Agnew, the Urban Meyer team Woo. speed, baby. Got to get that speed, and that's my guy, <laughs> Jamal Agnew. They finally uh, found one. <laughs> yeah. My wide receiver this week is T. Higgins. I was tempted to stack A.J. Brown with Ryan Tannehill, and I'm sure I will in some lineups, but Higgins is just coming in at a good value for me this week. I already mentioned that I think this Bengals-Raiders game is kind of a discount Chiefs-Cowboys opportunity, especially in your daily lineups. Uh, Higgins has 29 targets over his last three games, and I think he's got a spectacular chance to find the end zone this week for the first time since week two. So I absolutely love T Higgins this week. Uh, Justice, your top three DK bets of the week. Yeah. Uh, in, in the words of Geno Smith, right? I want a vent, but I know it ain't safe. Uh, Arizona <laughs> Cardinals minus two at the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think Russ is right. I think Russ, honestly, rushed back to the field. You can watch him in Green Bay. Um, he wasn't able to get under center. He was trying to throw to wide receivers. He didn't have the same zip on the ball. He was throwing balls up into the end zone that safeties were just able to make plays on. I mean, he's thrown in a double coverage when guys aren't open in any way, shape, or form. I just think Arizona's probably the better team. I think Seattle, frankly, rushed Russ back. I think Russ wanted this to be like, hey, redemption arc. We're pushing through the playoffs, and it's because of me, and – they lost because of him last week, and now they're on the brink of elimination going against one of the best records and one of the best teams in the NFC. So I think that's the situation there. Uh, Dallas minus two and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm actually surprised Dallas is the underdog here, frankly. I I, I know, you know, or we're big uh, overreaction, you know, in terms of the media, in terms of the fan base, everything. But the Chiefs haven't been good. For the vast majority of the season, I, I don't think that one game uh, should swing them to competing with uh, in, in terms of like in power rankings with Dallas, who like across the board, they, they play good football. I know you know the linebacker level, it's not so good, but they could at least make plays in the secondary. They have a pass rush. Their offense has never been a question. I, if it's going to be a shootout, I'm taking Dallas just off of the off chance that like their defense has a pulse in some way. Um, and then the last game, New Orleans Saints plus two at the Philadelphia Eagles. Quietly, the Saints defense is pretty good. Um, it's not so good uh, in terms of the players in the secondary, but they're able to make it work. Um, Jalen Hurts is playing better than I thought he was going to play coming into the year. And I have to apologize to Jalen Hurts about that. But I still don't think that this uh, Philadelphia Eagles team is as good as their record. The other thing, too, is Philadelphia defensively plays pretty much as stock defense as you're going to get um, outside of Gus Bradley. Gus Bus, shout out to him. Um, Sean Payton is making it work with the guys that he has. They certainly are not all-stars by any means, but he's got Trevor Simeon performing at a certain level where if you're just giving him stock defenses, I think they can move down the field. And then it becomes a shootout where, okay, can Jalen Hurts keep up? Uh, I don't know. Because that Saints defense is playing pretty good, and they're going to have some advantages across the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think so. I'm taking I'm taking the Saints there. So Cards, Cowboys, Saints, give them to me. That I'm actually our- kind of liking that Cowboy uh, Cowboy pick there, Justice. I think I'm going to go uh, over and place my bet there. You convinced me. I oh that that's very interesting. Incredible. Kudos. Do it. We them boys. 
<laughs> that is our pick three presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Thank you guys for listening to this week's edition of NFL Reacts. Go win some money. Go win some cash. But before you do that, we do have to ask that you please subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing on the SB Nation NFL show. Uh, please leave us a kind five-star review uh, for NFL Reacts. You can follow Kate on Twitter at FFBallBlast. You can follow Justice at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm Steven Serta. That's where you can find me. We'll talk to you guys next week. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.